Kafeerd. Ochin Kharasha. Ochin. 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 Spasibo. Kharasha. ホーシンカラフォーアイノイトゥデイドゥサムリーサムワイトゥカラフォーアイノイトゥデイドゥサムリーサムワイトゥカラフォーアイノイトゥデイドゥサムリーサムワイトゥカラフォーアイノイト
a you dungeon draw your crawler. Own, draw your own map, yeah, right? Yeah, you draw mm-hmm. your own map as you go through the dungeon, and you basically get as far in the dungeon as you can before you're forced to, like, leave and heal, and then you have to go back through the dungeon to try to get further in it and, like, draw and experience more of the dungeon. So it's got some interesting puzzle elements in it. Yeah. Plus, it's like it's like a crossover of the Persona 3 and Persona 4 games. Mm. It's got, like, both their main casts in it. Yeah, so and, and, and what sounds interesting to me when we were talking about this is sort of the resource management in the game. Yes, exactly. The game, like, is all about resource management. So, like, you can only heal under certain conditions, and especially there's only one way to heal your, like, stamina that you use to do, uh, like, special attacks and stuff, and that is when you leave the dungeon and go to a certain place and spend a lot of money, an increasing amount of money throughout the game. So basically, the trick of the game is to try to use as little stamina and health as you can as you're going through so that you can go further before you have to go back. Yeah, yeah. Like, I miss so much of that in, in so many, like, RPGs I play, mm-hmm. especially modern RPGs where oh, they yeah. just throw that kind of stuff out the window. Well, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of modern RPGs, it's just about surviving the one battle. The one battle. And once yep. you get out of that battle then it's just you totally heal you're, up you're you're, you're healed you're, totally you're on fine. to the next battle and there's no one, like long-term planning oh, yeah in this sucks. one you really have to look much further than just the individual battles or else you're not going to get anywhere right and you know honestly that um thing that that you see in in that kind of game that's mm-hmm. what we've tried to bring to near and far you know that sort of the same sort of yeah, you gotta collect true. food and you go out on your adventure and you have to make sure you're using it correctly and and um you're trying to be as efficient as possible basically oh yeah mm-hmm. so I, I try to get that because in uh like old rpgs when you were you know i'm thinking like final fantasy when you left town you had a certain amount of resources you know you had your potions you had your your magic points and you had to stretch it through the dungeon because you didn't want to have to go back to town you know or or spend time grinding oh yeah you know and and that was sort of the same feel we're trying to go for in the game yeah yeah and near and far you have you can go back to town in a turn and like gain resources and stuff that you then use to leave town and adventure so it really is like exactly like that that you have to plan out your resource management to like see how far you can go and like building camps along the way that might allow you to go even further on your next turn right right so. right so craig what what have you been playing so this last weekend my son he was rummaging through a closet and he found a uh, old board game called monopoly jr oh yeah <laughs> and he wanted to play with it because he saw on the cover it had like bumper cars or whatever and he's this looks awesome yeah, exactly <laughs> this was like a cool game dad let's play it and i was like oh okay i begrudgingly played it with him and it was actually pretty fun because he's a kid and he's he's four years old and he's starting to understand numbers and he was adding up so he landed on a spot and like hey that costs ten dollars big okay i have five and five here's ten like it was a good like educational game but man that game sucks so bad (laughs) (laughs) well tell me like i i don't know if i've ever played it what's the difference between junior and normal it's it's the exact same layout you have boardwalk and park place boardwalk is a roller coaster and then the purple areas are like the walk-in gardens or something that's just super lame in an actual amusement park uh but it's just so do you spend like 
smaller increments of money. Yeah, so there's obvious there's the ones two dollar bills, so three dollars, four and five and ten. So it's just nice. smaller. So they just, version. so they just knocked off a couple of zeros off oh, the yeah. money and yeah, added uh, some more cutesy art cutesy to the board. And that's uh, <laughs> that's yeah. Monopoly like, Junior. It just shows like Mr. Monopoly like terrorizing kids on a bumper car. <laughs> <laughs> He's like running into him with like a yeah. crazed look in his face. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's better than original Monopoly because you play with kids and kids love board games. Like that's the first board game I've ever played with my son. So it was. It was interesting to have that type of experience. It wasn't like a cool board game, mind you, but... Well, I have to say, um, and this is going to sound funny, but my love of board games actually started with Monopoly. And it's not really because the game is great. It's because when I was a kid, we found it at my grandma's house, mm-hmm. pulled it out and, and uh, said, hey, let's play this game. And just everyone sitting down and my grandparents were so competitive, you know, playing this game like, oh, you dirty rat, you took that from me, you know. (laughs) Just the experience, like the social experience of it, that's what got me interested in like a tabletop board games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Monopoly has its, (laughs) of course, not a great game, but but has, you know, had those important things of like getting everyone together and playing a game together so i think everybody for the most part has some appreciation towards monopoly because it it is a game that probably everyone who has ever played a board game has at least played once yeah yeah it's it's the game that board gamers love to hate though so oh for sure (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. no but i think there's some truth to it too that almost anything is more fun to do with little kids oh yeah for sure because they're just so excited about everything still my kid sister who's seven right now she, for a, a few years ago, would love to just play Candyland, like our old beat-up Candyland with most of the pieces missing. And she would just play with the board. She would play it by herself. But then she would always <laughs> beg you to come play it with her, too. And it was really fun to play with her, even though we rarely ever actually followed the rules. Or <laughs> yeah, I think as you get older, you realize how much of a buzzkill being an adult is. <laughs> <Yeah. kids. laughs> and now suddenly not everything is quite as fun. Yep. It's really too bad. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of playing games with kids, I played Stone Age with my son a couple weeks ago, and that game is so intuitive. He totally got into it. I don't know if you guys, I, don't, I guess you guys haven't seen that game. Mm-hmm. It, it's You just have your own little tribe in the Stone Age, and you send your guys out to go hunt or collect different resources. You can build little huts, and it's really very intuitive, and he totally got into it. It was really exciting, so, you know. He, he always is asking me to play different games these days. So soon enough, he's going to be testing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unpaid labor. Family business. <laughs> yeah. Come on over here, kids. We got to test a game. Oh, oh, Dad, I don't want to play any games. <laughs> Unpaid child labor. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. That's true. I actually recently played Carcassonne. Have you guys played that? I have, yeah. Yeah. I hadn't played it for years. And I remember when I first played it, like the first time, we actually got a rule wrong. We thought that you could place like a castle piece down or a town piece down. And if it was connected to a castle piece where somebody else was, you could put a guy there. Yeah. But that's against the rules. Mm-hmm. You can't actually do that. You have to do it indirectly where like if you place a castle piece down and claims it with a guy and then you have to, if you want to connect to it, you got to do it indirectly. You got to put one kind of on the side and then connect them together. So we are totally missing that element of the game. And I thought it was kind of lame. But then later I learned that rule and I liked it a lot better. Mm. So anyway, nice. we played it the other day and I was like, wow, this is, I forget. This game's this game's good. It is a good game. Yeah, it's, it's a fun, fun game. game. So we have been working a lot on Near and Far. 
We have, yeah. A lot of rules have been changing with some playtesting that we've been doing. Yeah, we've been focused on, we used to call it training mode. We decided to change that title because we thought gamers would be like, I don't need training mode. Yeah. Because it's really not that much simpler than the normal game. It's nah, just it... the first game you should play. Yeah. So now we're calling it the first adventure. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Nice. It's the above and below map, though. Which is going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I did include a cat adventure. Yeah, yeah. So it's not a full cat map, but <laughs> there's some one. cats in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did it just for you, podcast listeners. <laughs> <laughs> there's some funny little surprises on that map because we were able no, to revisit yeah. like some of the stories in Above and Below. Like you'll meet some of the characters from the stories in Above and Below. Oh, that's and see, awesome. See if yeah. you can spot my stealth pun that I hid in there, too. Oh, right. It's a stealth pun? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to look for it we're not gonna reveal what it is though you gotta look no no no, yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) but one interesting thing we had decided not to use normal artifacts in that first adventure we we made these simplified artifacts we Mm -hmm. tried those i tried those with group and it just was not working at all so we threw those away you use normal artifacts now yep and one thing we also added to the game recently are dogs right yeah every, every player gets basically just a pet dog at the beginning of the game that goes into your party right away and gives a plus one to skill rolls and to combat rolls, to any die rolls, really, which kind of offsets some of the early game difficulties of having a crappy party and not really being able to do anything. Right, right. Plus, it's a fun, cute dog. Yeah, you get to name it. You can name it whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's so so cool. Who doesn't want a dog? And we even have a dog. Like, it's funny because I painted the cover, and there's a character on there, and she has a little dog companion and that was before we added dogs to the game <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's it's kind of funny yeah. yeah it ties in well with the art so let's move to questions okay yeah i actually got a question emailed to me this week which was great matt asks how do you decide on an appropriate length and player count for a game do you ever target a game duration slash player count before you start serious development of a new idea? Or do you focus on your best ideas and work out the length slash player count as the game develops? He says that his gaming group consists of five impatient guys, so their optimal game plays five in under an hour. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that's tough, you know. Not, not if, a lot of our games do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you'll notice that most of our games are for two to four players. And that's because it's a really... It's the, it's the easiest number to design for. Once you, I, I feel like once you add a fifth player, it suddenly adds a whole level of complexity mm-hmm. in trying to make everything work correctly. Mm-hmm. I, I never want the game to be too long because if you sit down and play a game that is just drags and is too long, you're way less likely to pull it out again. You oh, know? for sure. Yeah. You're like looking at yeah. that shelf, you're like, oh, last time that took three hours. Nah, we're not going to do it. And even if you know, oh, it's because we played with five players, it's still, there's still like that bad taste in your mouth. Like, oh, it really dragged, you know? So we're, we're looking not at play. you, Twilight Imperium. <laughs> 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 yeah. Although we've got, yeah. Craig and I, we've played that plenty of times. We had plenty of uh, good memories. Oh, of that, that game, game is great, even though it takes forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you kind of know when you're what you're diving into yeah when we play that we're like okay we're gonna spend all night and <laughs> tomorrow also we're gonna get together and finish the game oh so good i remember one game we were playing and going along and it looked like craig was just gonna win or whatever and mm. then there was a last minute like attack oh my something. gosh yeah that like, was totally took you out of the game yeah that was great <laughs> like that was frustrating but it was like really it just looked like a 
like the end of a movie type of battle. It was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, those starfighters. <laughs> so powerful. Anyway, yeah. So, so game length. Usually what happens is I have this basic idea. Like when I'm designing the game, I always just go to two to four because I'm used to that. Mm-hmm. And then after I design the game with two to four, I think, oh, could we add a fifth player? And if the game is too complex, the answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I usually don't think like beforehand, I'm not thinking, oh, let's let's go for six players this time. I'm just thinking two to four because it's always two to four. And then it just kind of if we can fit five, I do it. And usually that's not the case. Mm-hmm. And is it is that the same for length of game? Do you sort of like have the idea of it in your head and then figure out a reasonable length for it as you go along? Well, length of game, yes, because I definitely shoot for under two hours. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Monopoly, you know, that's it's funny because that game can last a really long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, and it, and so when you try to get people to play board games, maybe gamers that are maybe people that are not used to modern board games, you say, hey, come play this game. They're thinking, oh, man, it's going to be four hours. Right. But no, it's not. It's only like an hour. You know, I played near and far last night with Mallory and it only took an hour just yeah. with the two of us. That's like mm-hmm. the sweet time, like an hour to like 90 minutes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So 90 minutes is usually my goal if it's sort of a heavier weight game to two hours, you know, 90 minutes to two hours. Yeah, yeah. If it's a short game, you know, of course, you go and shooting for like eight half minutes. hour. Eight minutes. Eight minutes, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh-huh. Eight yeah. minutes. Good amount of time. Yeah, it's not really eight minutes, folks. I'll plug in. <laughs> <laughs> it can be. It can be. Yeah, there you go. And actually, this will lead us kind of into our game development tip of the week. Tip, tip, tip of the week. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Love that. I love that piano. Like, we'll just play it again right now. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> the game development tip of the week is when designing, lean toward making quick turns instead of long turns. And that sort of ties into the game length uh, indirectly. But these days, when you are designing a game, you're competing with the iPhone. Bom, bom, it's true. Right? Yeah. So. What I've noticed, especially these days, is just people's attention spans lower and lower. And if you design a game with really long turns, people are going to pull out their phone because they're going to be bored, right? So if you design a game with turns that move really quickly, they have less time to like pull the phone out of their pocket. They're going to be more engaged in your game. Yeah, yeah. This actually ties in well with some of the development for Near and Far. Because I remember when the first time I played the game, everybody's turn was sort of in two segments that in a single turn you would visit town and then you would leave town and go on an adventure Mm -hmm. which made turns very long yeah and i think that definitely bogged down the game when it was changed to like you either visit town or you leave town or you go on an adventure when there were fewer things you did in a turn i felt like the game suddenly moved so much quicker and flowed so much better yeah yeah and like I'm not saying it's like the cardinal sin for someone to look at their phone during the game. You know, you it's it's fine. Like it, it's just what you know. It's what people do these days. But if they're looking at their phone a lot, it means your game is not engaging. It's boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not keeping them involved. Yeah, especially if it's a game where players are not directly interacting with each other like all the time, which you know is the case a lot in Euro games. If you're not attacking someone directly. You know, you're doing your own thing. They're doing their own thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 
make those turns move quickly to keep player interest. And also like when you're teaching a new group the game, it's going to take them time to get used to that game. Yeah. And the faster the game moves, the quicker they will learn what's going on. There you go. Do we want to have like a no cell phone policy at the booth at Gen Con? So when we're like play testing <laughs> games, if someone pops out their phone, we just grab it and throw it in a bin or something like that. Well, actually, we were going to bring um, like batons. Oh, good. Yeah, just, you know, whack <laughs> people's whack, arms. Whack, like whack the phone out of their hand. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll you're put allowed. You, we'll put you in charge okay, of that. I'll, You'll be the phone police. We'll be the phone police. <laughs> As the convention coordinator, you're allowed to have phones in our yeah. booth. You can bring your phone. Oh, yes. <laughs> Please do. Please do. <laughs> Check prices online, right? I'll, I'll just... Yeah. Uh, Instagram photos of you playing our games. Yeah. Tell all yeah. your friends to come by. You know, we, we encourage it. I'm just going to reword what you said is like, we don't encourage it. <laughs> I'll just like say, like, put a don't when you say, we, we don't encourage this. <laughs> Darn Craig, always twisting my words. <laughs> well uh thanks everybody for joining us this week be sure to visit our twitter at red raven game and visit our website redravengames.com and you can follow me on twitter at brenna underscore aspland and you know what? i'll plug myself in because even though i plugged it in earlier today because or today today wow the episode we're just episode. this part's dead <laughs> <laughs> Flip. No, take the scissors we're gonna keep it because i like silly stuff like this you can follow me on twitter aggro x craig uh, if you don't know how to spell aggro look it up on the internet uh and then also be sure to subscribe to our podcast on stitcher soundcloud itunes and any other place where this podcast is being listened to on the internet <laughs> On and, the internet. and leave us those sweet, sweet yeah, reviews. I want, I want some more, uh, some, some other funny reviews because we've got a couple good ones. So expect more. Yeah. Because yeah. you never know. I might just do like eight dramatic readings in a uh, single episode if there's that many. <laughs> really wow. long episodes. Yeah. I think people will be clicking the, the 15 second. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, have a good week, everybody. See you later. See ya. All right. Have a good weekend something yeah party party every night have have a good thursday or friday whenever this gets out hopefully you you drive home safely and that you don't pay attention to your cell phone and if you do it's gonna be a bad time have a good dinner don't don't check your cell phone while you're driving yeah don't (laughs) here at red raven we encourage (laughs) we uh, encourage safe safe driving driving practices unless it's like a mean tweet that you have to look at Oh man, the lady almost ran into me the, the other day. I was looking in my mirror, and she was barreling toward my car. Oh, and like, oh no! And because you know it was like stop and go traffic, and she looks up at the last second. There's this like look of horror on her face. <laughs> she like slams on the brake. I swear she was an inch from from my bumper. <laughs> oh, it scared me so bad. Yeah. Okay, bye. I just wanted like, He's like a, okay, no, you I'm hang up, up. <laughs> podcast listeners. No, you hang up. <laughs> no, you hang up. <laughs>
say cat? Koshka. Koshka? Mm-hmm. Koshka. And then how do you say meow in Russian? You speak? I don't know. I don't, I don't know, actually. <laughs> yep. Meow. Meow.